Hello, welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. This week, very pleased to have across the mic from me, old friend of mine, Mark Marusis. Mark, you're here this week because you and I saw a movie together. We we both watched The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. But before we get into that conversation and talk about the movie and the the larger the Conjureverse, is that what we're going to call it? Is that what you want to call it? Let's call it that. I'm, I'm going to call it that. Uh, Got to break down some news. Um, I guess the biggest news that's happened since last week's episode was the announcement of the lineup for the Con Film Festival, which was, <laughs> <laughs> which was canceled last year due to COVID-19. I believe the first time ever that that had happened. Um, it's back this year. Sadly, I'm not going, but if if anyone at Cannes wants to send me a ticket, or if there's any like rich billionaires out there, like like Jeff Bezos, I think you got some some money. He's going to space. Yeah, I mean, if he can go to space, he can fund my trip to go to Cannes. Um, but, I mean, some of the movies that were announced there, some stuff that we already kind of knew was going to be there, like uh, Leo Karak's, um music, the musical Annette with Adam Driver and... Um, Marion Cotillard, Wes Anderson's new movie, uh, the Paul Verhoeven lesbian nun movie, Benedette, which a uh, frequent guest on this show, Hunter Howman, is really excited about. <laughs> um, and there's a bunch of other like stuff that was kind of announced. It's kind of going to be like an exciting festival, I'm sure, for the people who are going, um, if only because it's kind of a lot of the big heavyweights of world cinema are going to be there this year um as well as uh as well as you don't want to include as well as fast and furious nine which the heaviest of hitters okay so i i have you did you hear the i don't know like how in the depths of film twitter you are mark but so like a few weeks ago the the like head programmer of can um was doing an interview and was kind of uh dancing around a big potential blockbuster that they had i believe he called it like a big um <laughs> i i'm pretty sure he used the word intergalactic or something block but but he basically kept teasing this big blockbuster that was coming and it, it kept teasing like space ish in in the title did he want you to think marvel well so some a lot of people were thinking like oh is is dune going to, uh... to premiere there um and turns out it's not. It's going to be the new Fast and Furious movie is going to play at Cannes. And sometimes blockbusters play at Cannes. Sometimes it's as like dumb as the Han Solo movie. And sometimes it's as awesome as like Mad Max will play there. Um, I guess thus far we do not know if if Fast 9, as it's being called F9, is a more of a, a solo a Star Wars story or a Mad Max Fury Road. Or maybe it's neither. Maybe it's its own unique thing but i i had a good laugh today when you sent me that of just like the the french the french movie taste is just like it is is such a a wondrous that there are things that like we think of and this is like in all of hollywood history like there are things that we think of as trash that then like in france they're just like oh cinema (laughs) i mean that's how we've now gotten like you know great kind of like retrospective uh analysis of people like hitchcock or john ford and stuff is because of the the french 
and like we didn't appreciate those figures in our time. So maybe the French know something about the the Fast and Furious franchise or um you know the power of Vin Diesel that we have yet to fully appreciate and then we'll be teaching these movies in in world history classes in the next decade or so. You think Fast 9 is going to be taught in cinema classes? Maybe, well, I don't know. We'll we'll see. The uh, shots, man, the shots. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I'm sure we'll talk more about the, the can lineup, um, that there were another big kind of thing that came out of it was, um, a movie I know I talked with you about last week, uh, called Power of the Dog, which is the new film by Jane Campion. She's a great, if she's from Australia or New Zealand, but, um, the only woman ever to have won the Palme d'Or, which is the, the grand prize at, at Cannes, sort of the most prestigious award in the, the film the international film community uh and she has a new movie with your boy jesse plemons along with kirsten dunce and benedict cumberbatch and a lot of people assumed it was going to be at can but because it is a netflix title and can has this very um heated relationship with can- with netflix uh i believe it was the 2017 festival um, the roma no no, because Ro- Roma, I do remember there was a whole thing that year where Roma was going to play, and then Can was like, "No, not because it's because it's Netflix and it's not going to play theatrically here." Then you are banned from the festival. Um, but it was it was when Bong Joon Ho's movie Okja uh. premiered there and got booze because the the sort of Can audience was not thrilled about having uh, a netflix picture at their like super prestigious film festival so that's kind of the nature of the <laughs> fast nine f9 <laughs> that's kind of the nature of this like really weird heated relationship that can and netflix have with each other so no netflix movies are premiering there um and, and the jane campion thing is notable because can also has a um let's say awkward history with uh not a lot of attention paid to our, our great female filmmakers of, of world cinema and shock. Our, yes. Uh, this year they had more female directors than usual in the lineup. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about some of their movies later on. Um, but the, the campion thing kind of also came into it of people were expecting like, well, she's the one woman who has won this prestigious award. Of course they'll bring her new movie there. And, uh, no just, that's not going to happen so uh i guess we'll we'll put a pin in that we'll discuss can on some future episodes even though i don't suspect anyone on this podcast will have been to can but we'll kind of react in real time to as some of the the news of those movies starts starts trickling out um i have to ask you what one other two other american movies that are playing there that revolve around things you might be interested in um, Sean Penn has a movie that's in the, the competition is one of the few like American movies in the competition and it stars Mile- him, his daughter, Miles Teller and Josh Brolin and it's a crime movie. Which one is this? Uh, I believe it is called Flag Day. Flag Day. Yeah. Should be interesting. Uh, there's also, I don't believe it's in competition, but have you seen the the trailer for um oh he's directing it too yeah that's what i was getting (laughs) yeah um also another american movie that's going to be there is uh this this movie with matt damon have have you have you heard of this no son of moves 
no, 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 not the not the Steven Soderbergh movie. Um, although we will be, uh, discussing that still Stillwater, which you if you have not seen the trailer for Stillwater, I know how much of a fan of accents you are. Um, you should just look it up. It is basically Matt Damon as a a Midwesterner single dad who's got to get his daughter out of a, a prison in France. I mean, he looks very American in this yes. still I'm looking at. <laughs> uh, all Some of the other movies that are going to be at the festival that we'll just wrap up with. Uh, Sean Baker, who made Florida Project and Tangerine. He's got a new movie there. Uh, uh, the great Thai director, Arpa Chitha Pong Wasithrakul. Nailed it. Did I nail it? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> if it's not, if I did not nail it, I sincerely apologize, but he's a great, great f- the filmmaker from Thailand, his first English language movie that stars Tilda Swinton is going to be playing at the festival. Um, as well as Oscar Bahati, who's a great Iranian director. He's got a new movie there. That's apparently very, very secretive. So there's just a lot of like big heavyweight people of world cinema that are going to be um, at this festival, but as well as the fast and Furious movie. <laughs> who knows maybe it's gonna be you know maybe fast and furious will be in the competition in like a surprise move and then uh spike lee who is the head of the can jury this year will come out and be like the palm door goes <laughs> the great palm door winners like la dolce vita pulp fiction the piano parasite joining them will be f9 the ninth entry in the fast and furious soccer. who knows maybe this is like this decade's avatar for you know technology they bring a car to space or near space don't they something like that who Uh, has the technology to pull that off they're inventing it well while we wait on news from can uh mark you and i watched at at your home your lovely home with your dog we watched the third movie in the conjuring franchise i know you and i are both great admirers of the the first conjuring movie from 2013 um one of my favorite i want to pose a question to you do you think where do you think it is in the conversation of like the best horror movies of the last decade yeah the first one of of like of like the the like 2010 the decade we just ended the like 2010 to 2019 the kind of 2010s where do you think it stacks up in in the kind of best horror movies of that is it the yeah. best? It might be the best. It's definitely the most successful, right? Um, it's definitely not most successful. I believe that goes to it chapter one. Oh, uh, I don't. If you mm, remember, like uh, that movie made an insane amount of money. That's true, but I don't know if I would. No, I would. I would say I like The Conjuring a bit more than either of the it movies. Um, I'm trying to think of a horror film that I think is better. I mean, you know, I think you're on to something with. I think it is the best sort of studio commercial horror movie because you know we we. You, you can argue for stuff like Get Out or go into some of the like A24 stuff like Hereditary or The Witch. Um, but I think certainly if you're talking about kind of mainstream studio horror movies, I, 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 I personally think it, it belongs in at least the conversation. Whether or not it is, that's for someone else to decide. But I think it, it deserves a place in the conversation. And I so vividly remember do you remember the hype around it before it was coming out 
it. I no, no, not, oh. not, not, not the clown movie <laughs> it. But do you Steve, remember the hype, classic? The hype around the Conjuring, like when before in the months leading up to it coming out in the theaters. Well, yeah, because the trailer with the clap scene was like legendary. The second you saw it, and yeah, it was just the trailer. Sh- the trailer being that terrifying just projects well for a movie. Well, and there are also all those stories about how the MPAA gave it an R rating, not because of violence or because of sexual content or language but just like the ratings board found it so scary when they sat and watched it that they were like no children children aren't allowed to see this 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 gets an r and and uh and and i remember warner brothers like leaning into that in, in in building a hype of like uh this this might be the scariest thing you've ever seen and whether i did you know whether or not it is the scariest movie I've yeah. ever seen, who who knows? I'm you know, like The Exorcist is pretty scary, but um, you know, I think it is it certainly lived up as a pretty terrifying experience. I I remember seeing it, and my friend at the time and I were like pooping our pants in the theater, and there's like a ten year old kid that was just like howling with laughter and like thought it was the dumbest thing he had ever seen. And meanwhile, we were like cowering in our seats. I thinking about it, I think it might be the best horror film from the 2010s. Okay, because I mean, what, what else is there? There's Lights Out, Quiet Place, uh, Sinister, is Insidious 2010s? Yes, I believe so. I definitely pooped my pants watching that. I I remember I I didn't see Insidious in theaters, but I I rented it with a group of friends. Um, we all went to someone's house and like watched it one Christmas break, and all of us being like dogpiling on each other because people are trying to like cover their yeah, yeah. their eyes and it being freaky. Um, I rewatched that movie recently, and I think it's kind of I mean both are directed by James Wan, and so Insidious is kind of this interesting sort of like i feel like trial run like it's a much um i don't know when the last time you saw it but it's a much like lower budget movie than the conjuring is which is like a like solid mid-budget yeah horror thriller and i I think insidious gets like some of the effects and stuff like have started to age in it or it's a little bit like that person is just like falling out of a seat yeah well but but I, i think it is a sort of like cool trial run of of james wan who at that point i think had done the first saw movie i think was his own the, the biggest thing he had done at that point i don't you, um, did he do the first saw movie? He, he at least directed it i don't think he wrote the first saw but he directed the first one um and and then insidious was kind of the next sort of big franchise he he launched um and and now that movie kind of having revisited the conjure the first conjuring that insidious now feels like the the sort of stepping stool to then like oh i can get a bigger budget and then i'm gonna do this sort of like classical sort of throwback movie to like the age of horror movies of like uh amityville horror or the exorcist and stuff like that that's one thing for insidious i think it's one of those horror movies that you just can't rewatch. Because it's it's so scary. <laughs> well, no, not that it's so scary. It's just you know where the jump scares are going to be, oh, and then you true. can like focus on them. The, it does You're have not, like, like I think one of the pantheon jump scares, the the bit with like the demon behind 
oh, a, yeah. a woman is that that might be the scariest thing I've ever seen in a in a movie. Oh, um, chills. I got chills now. Just thinking about it. <laughs> Frightening. So needless to say, I think we both are are great admirers of the first Conjuring movie. Um, uh, I thought you were going to say James Wan and the Fast and Furious franchise. I mean, the James, the the one Fast and Furious movie James Wan did make is is good. I I really enjoy Fast Seven, and he made Aquaman too. Like he's, <laughs> uh, congrats on the payday. <laughs> he's coming back to horror though, so he 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 directed the first two Conjuring movies, but he did not direct this um, most recent one. And I think as we'll kind of get into, I think his his presence is is missing a little bit, but. I I think of him as like a really terrific genre movie director. Like he he doesn't have like the greatest taste in material. One could say like like he he goes after like like very obviously like pulpy kind of B movie material. But it but is a like great technical filmmaker and like um you know I think the the other point we could give to The Conjuring is in like the best horror movies of the last decade is like it it is insanely well made like it is it is about as like well made of a haunted house slash possession movie as you can get i, I believe that yeah um i mean isn't pulpy b-rated movie like the foundation of any good horror movie yeah i mean i mean just of like you know even when he's ventured out from horror he made like a very very campy aquaman movie and then a movie where like vin diesel drives like a ferrari through a skyscraper essentially of like are you not entertained (laughs) so anyway i was just gonna say he does have a new i don't know anything about it but apparently he has a horror movie with warner brothers that's coming out later in the year so is that gonna be on hbo max uh i imagine so i believe it is part of that of that lineup but i forget what it is is called and i don't really know anything about it um so, is it Aquaman King of Atlantis? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't believe so. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about kind of like this franchise as a whole. Because, you know, obviously, as we kind of mentioned, the first one was this giant summer movie in the middle of 2013. Um, there was a sequel that came out in 2016 that I, I, I personally remember really liking. That I, I don't. I don't think you and I have ever talked about the sequel, but I don't think so. I, it seems like majority of people really liked it. Yeah, I mean, it was enjoyable. It's a good horror movie. Yeah, I wouldn't like go it, out and recommend it, brag about it, or it, it kind of fits into like a little bit what Hunter Howman and I were talking last week with like the Quiet Place sequel. Of I, I remember it very much as a sequel that it's like the first one worked. We're just kind of like it, you know the sort of like uh encore let's 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 just run it back again um and just make it in the just have a it being a haunted house case in the uk instead of the the rural south or wherever the con or going across the pond it's it's is it rhode island is where the first one is set uh it's definitely like new england area because you know it fits with that amityville horror yeah because i I was originally thinking it was the south but then i i caught myself of like no i think i actually remember it somewhere um up north but uh anyway needless to say it is rhode island it is rhode island okay so needless to say second one i think very fun and another like incredibly well-made haunted house movie um and then i don't know whether people know but it's kind of like 
one of the more successful movie franchises of the last decade because it's not just been the original movie and now two sequels, but there are four or five spinoff movies. I believe five spinoff movies. There's the three Annabelle movies. There's the Nun. The Nun. And then I believe The Curse of La Llorona is part of this. Is it? I, I believe it is. Um, And I, I, I largely haven't seen those. I've seen maybe one of the Annabelle movies. And, you know, it's it's fine. Um, But uh, an interesting fact that I, I saw the other day... um. The Conjuring is, series, the Conjureverse, is <laughs> is if you don't count Godzilla, it is the highest grossing horror movie franchise in history. You just blew my mind that Godzilla's horror movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the place where I saw like said like God, the Godzilla franchise number one for horror, and then the Conjuring franchise number two. For what was three? Series. Um, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Scream. Mm. or halloween halloween has numbers they got a lot of that's that's true i it, you know the conjuring thing probably also factors in like uh so many of those came out in like the last decade and like the what ticket prices are now versus like the halloween or the friday the 13th movies but yeah it like i would not have thought um like i remember the first two being big hits but even had no idea of how much money all the spinoff movies have have made and would have you know thought of something like oh it's got to be scream or it's got to be nightmare on elm street has made more but this 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 is pretty much the the most successful horror movie franchise that's crazy that, is this blumhouse no i mean it's warner brothers and it's 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 kind of funny i to, thought they had a partnership no um no because I, I believe insidious was with blumhouse but the conjuring movies are but solely Warner Brothers. Okay. Well, because I know there isn't Warner Brothers doing The Purge. Because uh, that originally was Blumhouse. Universal. Is it? Okay. Yeah, because Universal and Blumhouse have a partnership. Oh, okay, that's one thing. Okay. But I mean, the Warner Brothers thing is kind of interesting. Like I was thinking about last night, um, considering how thirsty Warner Brothers was to sort of repeat the Marvel formula with all the DC stuff. And the, the Conjuring movies, if you think about it, is kind of like the one time that a hollywood studio has been has successfully been able to replicate that formula of like the shared a universe because um you know the the two kind of chief characters of the the conjuring movies and lorraine warren these um paranormal investigators in in real life um power couple yes and are played by vera farmiga and patrick wilson in in these movies um you know, it, they have this kind of like basement or this room in their house with all of these artifacts and that they have sort of uh, have locked away evil artifacts that they have locked away from the world and from their various cases. And that kind of like lends these movies to, you know, like the Annabelle movies are a great example. They basically spun off this whole other series of movies off of like a random creepy doll that like, plays a minor part in that is like the cold open of the first movie essentially and that they can essentially like keep this franchise going just by picking like random things in that room and of like the weird uh japanese uh samurai thing let's make a horror movie out of that go and um i don't know i just think that's like really interesting to think that this is the franchise that has probably like 
most accurately been able to do a sort of giant shared universe outside of the Marvel films. And you don't even realize it either. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. They're just pumping out these horror movies every summer. (laughs) So let's talk about the new one. Um, Where, 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 where to begin? Um, I don't think you and I like this movie. Not a huge fan. I would say it's quite bad. So you mentioned to me that you saw The Quiet Place too. Uh-huh. And you said that the opening scene set the tone, set a standard. Right. And I feel like this movie did the same thing. Uh-huh. Where the first opening scene is crazy. It's great. It's a little grotesque. It's a little hard. It's, it involves a child. Yes, yeah, so it involves a, a child possession where like the child is... Are we doing spoilers yet or... I let's let's I'll I'll you know what I'll 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 just say it outright we're we got to talk about this movie to talk about it and while I I don't think this is a movie with any like big twists or anything in it like I think it it goes to the places where you would expect this movie to go to and it is you know very 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 loosely based off of a kind of true story so I, I think we're in the parameters to like if you really just like don't want to know anything about this, um, you know, you you just watch the movie and come back and and listen to this. But we're we're gonna fully dive into everything. <laughs> so yeah, so it sets like a huge, you know, great tone, conjuring vibes. You know, the controversy is full throttle, and then from there, it's just a steep decline and then it's a rise and it's a decline and then you just slowly keep declining and declining. Yeah. The weird thing about this one that I I noticed. So, you know, if we're, if we're keeping with just the, the parameters of the movies that have the conjuring in the title, um, you know, the, the first two are haunted house movies. Um, this one kind of turns into, kind of it, it turns into sort of like csi paranormal <laughs> a little bit the the basic loose setup is it is it is very loosely based around this this real incident in the 80s where this guy um named arnie johnson killed his landlord and the defense um said that he was uh possessed by a demon and that in order to get him a a lower sentence and it didn't end up working but the warrens got involved and as far as i understand that's about the extent to which like you know in a sense that like this is a thing that happened but of like beyond what i just said on on mike like the the movie goes in its own directions (laughs) um and so a majority of this movie kind of becomes Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as the Warrens trying to, I wouldn't even say put clues together because I feel like that'd be a more interesting movie. I feel like they're just like it, a, a demon did it. And then this becomes like we need, and, and then like very quickly they're, they find out like, Oh, it's, it's not just a simple possession this is the work of a master Satanist. And now we must like hunt down the master Satanist and, and do battle with, with her. Um, and, and, and so that's kind of the trajectory this movie goes down instead of kind of the normal beats of a haunted house movie. And I wouldn't even say it's really, it's not really that interested in the trial at all, which I was a little surprised by. And 
I a little in disbelief because I don't know about you. I feel like that's much more interesting grounds than like like a movie that is what what does it take for these two whether or not it takes i'm fine if it wants to take creative liberties with what happens in the courtroom but like turn the conjuring into this like courtroom drama where these two paranormal investigators have to sort of like prove the existence of the devil or sort of like legitimize their uh prove the legitimacy of their practice in an open courtroom otherwise like this kid is getting the death penalty like that's that's a much more interesting movie that i i think you know could wrestle with this fun sort of like one's faith versus like what you can tangibly see and instead this kind of just becomes like you know i want to talk with you a little bit about how really really christian these movies are and this one especially kind of just turns into warriors for christ must do battle with the with warriors for satan and it like good versus evil it i mean it becomes this sort of harry potter good for evil where like they're doing curses on each other and stuff or like we gotta like sneak down into this tomb to break the cur the satanist's curse and under a house randomly yeah it it it, it, it kind of turned into a uh a, a superhero story in a weird way and i don't mean that sort of like derogatory i you know i like i like superhero movies but it became more of this sort of like it's it's about uh you know this this heaven hell battle for good and evil but in like um a sort of disciple sort of way i don't know because because you could argue that like you know the way the warrens and their faith which which is is catholic i believe is, is sort of portrayed in these other movies it it is it is very very pure it's very righteous um and you know they are doing battle with demons they are trying to like get demons out of people's bodies and sort of like spell demons from people's <laughs> houses and stuff but so i mean like it's not like the other movies aren't about good and evil but there there's something about kind of like fear in the other movies of like an unexplainable evil that lurks in the world and you can't really see it versus in this movie where it's just sort of like of like a witchy woman's doing spells under the basement <laughs> and that's causing craziness around town the whole witch aspect and it just so my big thing with horror movies is like there's there's rules of horror movies and the rules kind of change over the years right but, you know, the third movie is supposed to be, like, to the extreme, you know, the right. 3X rule or whatever. Right. And I feel like we just, like, erased all that. There's basically no gore. There's almost no jump scares. There's no grotesque imagery or uncomfortable imagery. Right. It's just, let's follow these breadcrumbs. Yeah. And, oh, wow, we found the witch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. How are we going to defeat the witch? We're, you know... You have to destroy a desk. <laughs> and I mean, this one I should mention is directed by a guy named Michael Chavs, who um he made The Curse of La Llorona. Um is his only other kind of big credit. I haven't seen I've not seen that. I've not heard very good things, which um, you know, maybe speaks to this movie's quality, but um, you know, I, I don't think, as we kind of hinted, that like 
the other two Conjuring movies, you know, they're not sort of like breaking grounds for originality in, in this genre. But you can tell that James Wan just has like a real command and a real understanding on like not just how to tell this kind of story, but how to um, sort of deploy these these kind of like useful fundamental tricks in horror and really knows how to um, kind of pull tension out of a scene. Like, you know, to me, the scariest scene in The First Conjuring, there's that like bit where a child like wakes up in the middle of the night and like sees something in the like corner of the room that is like shrouded in darkness and they wake their sibling up and the sibling can't and the sibling and us as the audience cannot see what is in this corner but just the 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 amount of like terror on the child who can see its face as well as the camera just slowly 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 getting closer to that dark spot and and kind of getting tension out that that way with just such a simple trick before you know a, a kind of like I forget if something like there's another scene in the first one where like the camera just kind of pans up and there's like a demon on top of a dresser <laughs> and it jumps on someone. I believe in the scene that I'm talking about though, the like door just shuts and then you hear screaming. But, yeah. Like to be able to make something that simple and to understand that kind of like what makes a horror movie scary isn't necessarily the monster, but kind of like this fear of like something evil that I cannot see or the sort of anticipation of some something really fucked up is going to jump <laughs> out and make me poop my pants in the movie theater and i i like that you mentioned jump scares because i don't think i think this is a movie that is uh it's very very loud it is loud and i think I think it is trying to do jump scares, but it is not doing a a good jump scare. And like jump jump scares are a thing even among horror fans that I know is kind of divisive because some people think they're, you know, a fundamental to the genre. Other people think they're they're lazy. This this movie just kind of goes from like quiet to loud in random moments, and there's not there's not a sense that you are like building to something or that you are sort of inner you know laying the pieces together to have. A, a sort of surprise moment like that that kind of great jump scare in the first insidious movie that we mentioned where it, it all of a sudden there's like a, a two-hander conversation going and then all of a sudden it cuts to one of the people and you got that fucking violin yeah, going. And when, like, a loud violin goes in and there's like a demon creature behind the person's shoulder thinking about it, it makes me so uncomfortable <laughs> i love that movie but like th- this movie just has moments where just like uh this third conjuring movie just has moments where like the movie just gets insanely loud. Like even there's yeah. that bit where the Blondie song plays and it's just sort of <laughs> like, are like, I kept thinking like, are we supposed to be unnerved by this because it's like making my ears bleed because the movie is too loud? Well, it's, I mean, sometimes you got to take chances, but this definitely was a miss. If that was the goal of like yeah. an audible suspense kind of thing going on. Yeah. Cause there definitely was no visual suspense building or tools at all it felt like no no and and i i think that just gets at kind of like you know what what makes kind of a great horror director and that that sort of understanding of genre beats that someone like james wan has that um you know i would say 
is not present in this movie and i i was personally kind of bored no yeah (laughs) once i think we knew where it was going it was very obvious from like the jump of yeah not even like so if you watch horror movies and you see like you know about different horror stuff yeah you know where this movie's going you know where right who did it who's you know hiding something whatever it's, yeah. it's very on the nose yeah. which is fine sometimes in horror but like not i don't know it's just something about it just did not click well no no um i don't go no go ahead have you ever seen the show supernatural uh i haven't but i know you are a, a yeah. an avid fan so this basically was just a very simple you know throwaway episode of supernatural it felt okay. like and that's what i would and maybe it's just witches are hard to nail yeah and i think maybe that was the ultimate you know demise of this film i don't want to say demise what's the right word i don't know i mean that's that's the right word i would i would say just the movie the movie sort of collapses on on it it it, yeah i would say the movie just does not is not doing the work to i think make you to build tension in any of the scenes and it's just sort of relying on kind of like the the sort of cosmetics of this franchise to sort of scare you yeah um of of just saying like a demon is possessing this this teenager you should be terrified right and sort of like no you need to you need to do the work to make me scared of what is is happening also that the murder scene like like you said very audible Mm-hmm. loud audibly loud it is but there's no physicality to it really no and there's very little visual it just gets very dark and then mm-hmm. you know you just i th- believe you hear stabbing motions and that's about it yeah and i don't know if that's a pg-13 thing or if it's just not this movie is gory but it needed it needed some spice in there yes um so i, I don't know i guess we can kind of wrap up with like where do you kind of want this this franchise to go or or do you feel like cuz like i said i haven't seen hardly any of the spin-off movies do you do you feel like this is a franchise that is kind of like adding to diminishing returns at the, like like we're sort of we're we're on thin ice now like we're we're we're, we're kind of like past its prime or can you see like do you think that this is just maybe just like a weak installment and this we can very quickly kind of like course correct this and there'll be probably more Conjuring movies? So history would tell us that it's probably just downhill from here with the Lorraine and what's his name? Uh, Ed. Ed, Lorraine and Ed story. Yeah. But I think if they get the right people behind it and the right creative story that it could right. be course corrected. Maybe it's just a human being the villain in a possession demon horror movie right might be the core fallacy right. of this film mm-hmm. and i feel like you can correct that with the right you know directing the right story but as for the other spinoffs i mean let them get weird and creative even if it's smaller budgets i feel like that can't hurt right i just i just looked up malignant is the name of the of the james wan movie coming later this year i'm gonna i'm gonna look up what, what this is and that's not in the conjureverse it's not in the conjuring verse it is it is its own thing okay 
so nothing known about it. It just says an original horror movie from James Wan. Um, Ooh, it's got the bisexual lighting in the still on IMDb. There we go. There you go. It's me. So I think aesthetically, that's a really cool, you know, the red and then like dark and blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, d- Mark, do you have any other kind of like thoughts about uh, either this, this Conjuring movie or? I mean, I have two thoughts. One is go. not even relevant. One is, so you mentioned Harry Potter, good versus evil. And now I just came to something about Lorraine and the witch being able to see each other. Like see through each other's eyes. Oh yeah, and like how like Voldemort and Harry could see through each other's eyes, and just like it's also kind of like in the like later, the later Star Wars movies when like Kylo Ren and um and Rey can like see each other through like the Force and then magically appear. Yes, yes, <laughs> that is exact. That like same stuff happens exactly here. I think that is one of the laziest. You know, der- I guess is it a tool? Is it a trope? Sure, device. I I remember thinking it was like really cool when it was first introduced in Star Wars, it and you know then in that last J.J. Abrams one where it's just like they can teleport places and it was like oh okay yeah I was like she just like pass out get on a ship like just go blackout um yeah so I just kept thinking I just that bothers me and I think things like that kept reoccurring in this film mm-hmm. and that's what I had issues with yeah. Well, let's maybe try and like maybe we can kind of end on a positive note of if if this this I think being a disappointment for for both of us and like I said you you and I are fans of this series so I I was really looking forward to it. Um, it does sound like the movie made quite a bit of money. It was number one at the box office this past weekend. Good for them. Um, you know it it sounds like shocker horror horror movie is a hit. Uh, so I I would guess that this is not. I will watch every horror movie that anyone puts out. So I was I was going to end on a positive note by asking if there are any horror movies coming out later this year that that you were particularly um, excited by. I know we mentioned Malignant in this new James Wan movie, which I'm sure will be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I didn't um, know that was coming, but I'm excited about that one. Um, there is the the Candyman reboot that is coming out in the in the summer. Um, there's one I saw the trailer for the other day that, that is, is relevant to this show because I think it was a new, um, trailer, this movie called Demonic that is from, uh, Neil Blumkamp. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you remember Neil Blumkamp, the South African filmmaker who made District 9. Oh yeah. Everyone was like, this guy's the next James Cameron. He's like our next big science fiction um, auteur. And the couple of movies he made after that, Chappie and Elysium, I would say are bad. And <laughs> had a couple of failed attempts at trying to get a, a, an alien movie or a RoboCop movie off the grounds. And, and those didn't really pan out. But he has this, it it almost looks like a, a sci-fi BR twist on like a, demon possession movie that is is coming out i've watched the trailer the other day it looks really scary so fingers crossed that maybe this can be a a comeback to him and i mean district nine people keep saying that's one of the most underrated movies of all time i remember really liking it i i can't remember anything about it (laughs) i remember i believe elysium was the movie that was right after that and being is that the tom cruise one 
uh, Matt Matt Damon. Uh, I just remember it was like so. It's about income inequality, but it's like a bald Matt Damon shooting people in space, and uh, yeah, I, another kind of him trying to do another attempt at like, here's my big sci-fi allegorical action movie, but like the the allegory in the movie felt really like lazy and not thought through, and then Chappie is really bizarre and bad. <laughs> um movies i feel horror films excited for quiet place 2 okay this, you mentioned candy man yes uh there's a new halloween coming that's true shot here in north carolina oh it was shot in wilmington cool yeah i like beaches um don't breathe 2 is coming so should i i've not seen the first don't breathe yeah i should see it it's great okay i've heard it's very very gnarly it's extremely uncomfortable which i love about I horror heard movies there's something with the turkey baster that will make what will ruin my every thanksgiving i have from here until eternity i don't eat turkey on thanksgiving so okay, okay. i was good <laughs> um is last night in soho considered horror yeah yeah you want to talk about that for for a little bit you you and i watched the trailer that was uh, a couple couple weeks ago hold on I'm gonna... yeah so that's uh obviously edgar wright's new horror thriller that was supposed to come out last year and now there is a a trailer for it i think it looks really really good and it clearly what what he says it was inspired by these these sort of like very hysterical thrillers from the the 60s and 70s like roman polanski's repulsion or um don't look now the nicholas rogue movie that i know he's a huge huge fan of and those movies that kind of have they just sort of have this impending sense of dread to them and then uh kind of throw you off these like very aggressive and abrupt uh editing strategies like if you've never seen don't look now i think like the best editing in a movie okay ever and and makes you really like uncomfortable the entire time you are watching it gonna have to add that to my watch list yeah um is he, so what is like is the floor hopefully black swan yeah i would say no i mean that's a good exit like you know i would say darren aronofsky's last two movies you know black swan and um mother are you know inspired by this same kind of 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 period and same kind of style of horror movie so um yeah i I think we we have that to to look forward to um when's the mother podcast i feel like you need to revisit we, we need the to, rewatch we'll, we need to, well the maybe the 10th anniversary maybe or maybe maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe you know right right in uh an, an op-ed for like the new york times that is just like here's my my ten thousand words <laughs> on mother. I will write that. Yeah. What a movie. Um, more horror movies for you. Old. Is that horror? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm really excited. That movie looks amazing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm going back now and like re I'm I'm excited preparing for us. We will be doing an M Night Shyamalan podcast on this and just I am I'm going back and watching some of the movies now that I have not seen in, in years yeah. years, probably. years, probably like decades and um what what a just fascinating career that i'm i'm really excited for us to do an, an episode on 
on that filmography, which is the highs are high <laughs> and the lows are low. And there's a lot of just like, you know, something like signs, for example, that I remember scaring the <laughs> shit out of me as a kid, but also like has some stuff in it looking back that I'm like, what? Why? That's so dumb. Why was that? Are they demons? Are they aliens, Jesse? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm I'm really excited for for old, and I I want to believe in him as as someone who can can deliver a great movie going experience and a great kind of thriller experience. I'm here for it. The movie looks sick. Well, we'll we'll end it there. Um, Mark, thank you again for for stopping by this podcast. I'm I'm sorry that the devil made <laughs> you do it, um, but you know maybe next time you can come back on your own thanks for having me